If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. My guest is Courtney McDermott. She's a, Courtney is a writer, speaker, and strategist to Fortune 500 execs, entrepreneurial leaders, and think tanks around the world. Before she became an entrepreneur, she served as an executive with the Vanity Fair Corporation. She was also a vice president at Sustainability Partners, as well as a professor of graduate studies as a big, at a Big Ten University. In addition to all that, she was also a global associate for the renowned B-Course Consortium. Now, as an entrepreneur, her mission is to help business leaders create sustainable success. Her work challenges the status quo thinking and helps keep business leaders unstuck from their current patterns and helps transform them into becoming their best selves. So I'm pleased to have Courtney on the show today to tell us a little bit about herself, her background, and her new book titled Change Starts Within You. So with that said, Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chi. Thanks for having me. All right, Courtney. So I said a little bit about your background. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started on this journey of helping business leaders transform themselves. Mm. So, well, I typically start at that point in my story where I made it to the place that most people think they want to be, or at least some version of that. And, um, and I call it, I called it being miserably successful. So um, I, I had talked about this also in my TEDx talk and how I was you know, sitting on a corporate jet and sipping the espresso and I, I had attained all of the accolades and symbols of success in so far as what we're typically, you know, convinced success looks like from society. And I was, I was, as I said, just miserably successful. And so, um, and so that was a real cold shower moment for me. And it was a moment where in which I really had to take a step back because I realized that I was sort of living out someone else's script. Mm-hmm. And um, and I didn't even really know what mine would, would look like. I wasn't I wasn't in tune at that time in my life with my my own values, my own vision. And um, and and I could really feel that. So yeah. that that cold sharp shower moment, coupled with quite a few others, led me to eventually set out on my own and start my own business and want to help, especially entrepreneurs, but also intrapreneurs, mm. people within business that are making and seeking change, to be able to unlock that same sort of confidence to lead from that place of of knowing and connection with what's most important to them. Great. So now you mentioned a lot there, but from what I read in the book and many of your articles you have online, one of the biggest takeaways I got was that you always said something that change um, starts within you, that you're enough or you have what it takes to create the life that you desire. So when you were you know, going through that uh, miserable success period, as it, as it were, how did you now come to the realization that you actually had the, the inner power to be able to create the life you wanted so that you were not living somebody else's script but you were living 
based on what you felt was um, your natural calling and your life's goal? Mm, I love that question. Well, typically I talk about it as uh, a cold and lonely hallelujah <laughs> in, the sen- <laughs> in the sense that it was sort of, um, you know, baby steps to getting more and more comfortable with trusting my own intuition, understanding what my values were, what my vision was. And I talk about vision in a very different way from most people. So I'm not talking about some you know, future far off goal that you have to strive and struggle toward. Instead, I'm talking about the way vision, the word is defined in its truest sense, which is to see clearly in the present. Mm-hmm. In other words, to be aware of your, your current potential, which is, which is limitless. So once you sort of can start to get those glimpses, as I was starting to, at that point in my life, you, you start to no longer want to really settle for, as I said, someone else's script or other people's dreams, Mm -hmm. um, and rather start connecting more and more with what's most important to you. And that's sort of how it happened for me. And in my book and elsewhere, I try to accelerate that for other people so that they can get to those, they can get to those understandings. For instance, you know, what are your values? They can get there faster. Yeah. And I think one of the things you mentioned was that you need to be ready to unlearn what you already learned. Because in school, we're going through a school system that was built for the early 1900s where people go to work in an assembly line or something like that. They come back home, have some food, watch TV, wake up in the morning and go back again. But the world of today and the work world of today has radically changed. So even our education system has not kept up with the pace of the world itself. So you said we need to unlearn and be ready to learn. So what are some of the things that you needed to unlearn and what were some of the new things you learned to help you get on the right path? Mm, I love that question. And most definitely, you're absolutely right. And one of my uh, speeches that I was giving to uh, for it was called Pioneer Mode, and it was a sponsored an event sponsored by Google and IDEO and Kickstarter. And, and one of the things I talked about is how I was, you know, not raised to, you know, learning things like uh, positive psychology or anything about neuroplasticity or any, any of those types of things. And what I mean by that essentially is that I wasn't taught to think for myself. You know, I, I, I was raised for an assembly line. And as you, you know, you put it really well, I mean, we, we all, we all were. And so, or most, most of us, the, the, the vast majority of us are uh, and were. So, so I think that question is is vitally important, and the and I will give one example that was really really powerful for me in terms of what I had to unlearn and what I had to learn, <laughs> which was um, you know in school we're often taught to just you know sit still sit still and mm-hmm. you know don't talk and don't move right so we sort mm-hmm. of gradually lose connection with our body and our physicality, and that mm-hmm. is. Oh, that is such a huge drawback. Yeah. And it and it really if you're disconnected from your physicality, you are you're you're disconnected from so many other things. You know, it's hard to hear what your body's trying to tell you and your body's constantly sending you um, messages of truth. You know, one yeah. of the ways I talk about it is uh, that there are trillions of chemical reactions occurring in your body every second, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And every single one of them is correlated to every other one. You know, yeah. that is that is that that's the intelligence that we're talking about. So if we lose contact with that intelligence, 
it can be incredibly detrimental to our well-being and to the well-being of our businesses. You know, you're talking to entrepreneurs and this is a huge thing. So for me personally in my life, I had to unlearn that idea of sitting still, don't moving, you know, stay with it until you're done. Um, kind of like finish the food on your plate sort of mentality. Yeah. And I had to really reconnect with my body. And the way that I did that, there are various ways that I did that, but one of the most powerful ways that I did that was through dance mm. and just, you know, freestyle dance and like remembering what it was like when I was a kid and I would just hear the beat and the rhythm and I would just let it take over my body. And I, I do various different, you know, dance techniques that I work with now and they're super simple. They only take a few minutes, mm. but the, the way they allow you to tap back into your body, especially if you do have to, you still do have to sit still for a lot of things like, you know, to get the book out there, obviously I had to yeah. sit still quite a bit in order yeah. to make that a reality or things like that. And as entrepreneurs, we, you know, there is a part to that and there's a, there is a truth to that, but there's a much greater truth in tapping into the wisdom of your body and letting it lead you where, where it knows you, you, you can and should go. So that's an example for my own life. Mm. I, l I love what you mentioned there about the dance because I too, in grad school, I used to do ballroom dancing quite a bit, tango and um, what's the other one I like so much, the Latin dance. And then I just found that anytime I did that, like the day after, I always was in a much better mood to attend classes in the morning just because I had, you know, exercised myself and exerted myself in a different way that I'm not used to. But when you were talking about physicality, I remembered, um, I think I watched a talk by Bo Easy. Eason, and coincidentally, you actually interviewed him for one of your articles in the Huffington Post. So he always talks about how you need to add that physicality whenever you're giving a speech. So my question is this now, your article, you were talking about, you know, telling stories and growing rich with your story. So when you started to move, when you started to, to you know, get more physical, how did that help you express your stories better? And how did that help you bring out that new entrepreneurial venture that you eventually started, which is a court Inc. Yeah. So, well, it helped in a lot of ways and some of them are really subtle. So, you know, one of the most important ways that getting in touch with your physicality helps you bring your vision and your dreams to life is just that, full mind body connection that, you know, if you don't have it and you're sort of walking around, like a lot of us are, um, with just like mostly just in their heads. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're in this like one man, uh, you know, show of listening to thoughts and it's, it's, pretty fascinating actually. But, you know, a lot of us are in that place where we're sort of disconnected. And so what ends up happening is we, we get really stiff in our approach to everything. Mm. And, um, we can be that way even, you know, when we're, when we're delivering a speech or, you know, we sort of, we, we forget to breathe, we clam up, we get tight. Right. And so the minute you can start letting go of that and learning how to release that kind of tension from your body, you know, because it's really interesting because lots of times in our society, people say, oh, you know, th they think it's a, a problem of the mind, right? They think yeah. it's something psychological, but oftentimes it's just, it's just stuff that you're storing in your body, mm -hmm. right? So like a really, really powerful technique that I learned that's really helped me is um, something called shaking. And I learned it from this woman, uh, Rochelle, who uh, started this movement called Koya. And well, all it is simply is like shaking out the different parts of your body. 
for a few minutes. And she normally does it to a song that'll get you, you know, get you moving, but you literally just, you know, start shaking one leg and start shaking another and, and, and move that shake all up through your body until finally your whole body is shaking. And it's this really, really powerful way to release any tension you're holding and so that you can move into that space really freely. And that has helped me so much um, in my own, not just the speeches and things that I do, but even just, you know, when I work with other business leaders, helping them get back into their bodies. Um, it's just a really, really powerful way for you to stay, con- you know, have that full mind body connection that you really need in order to lead. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I totally get that. So now, like you were saying, you talked about vision and you speak of vision in a different way in the book. And one of the things you mentioned was getting to your Timbuktu. But um, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, I think the biggest fear they have with regards to their vision is getting to their financial end goal, which is um, basically why most people start a business so that they can take care of themselves and their family obligations. And I remember one of the things in your book was you had us final. You were saying take a picture of your financial picture where you are right now, and you had a mm-hmm. picture of a dollar sign and a percentage and equal to a question mark. And then <laughs> your coach told you, you know, rather than frame yourself on the problem, that you should turn it around and say something like, um, you need to be inspired to improve your finances and see how that feels. So talk a little bit about when it comes to like setting those financial goals, because that's what stresses a lot of entrepreneurs the most, how they can start getting on the path to being able to sustainably take care of themselves. Mm, yeah, that, that picture got a lot of uh, interest, uh, especially from, you know, like financial media, which is really fun uh, to talk to them about that. So one of the things, well, the first thing that I would say is that if you're starting, you know, if you go into business and your in your sole objective or, you know, your primary objective rather is, you know, finance, you know, to improve your finances that, you know, you might want to start reconsidering that piece first and foremost in the sense that of course you know you want your passion to also lead to profits Mm -hmm. but if you if you do lead from that place of passionate purpose rather than you know leading from the profit place the um the the chances of that coming to you you know that abundance coming to you Mm -hmm. are are amplified significantly so that's just, that's one thing that I would say is just, you know, be mindful of, because what happens lots of times is if we start from that place of, you know, the finances and wanting to improve the finances, it's almost like, uh, you know, starting from a, a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And when you are in that place of scarcity, it's really, really hard for the universe to deliver <laughs> abundance. Mm. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's one thing that's just important for people to remain mindful of. And we can talk a little bit more about that if you'd like. Yes. But the, yes, the, yeah, the the to to go back to the other part of your question, the financial picture in my book was important because I, you know, in my book I talk about taking your life pictures and this was um I felt really an inspired piece of the writing cuz I've never seen something so simple in terms of just assessing where you are right now, right? And one of the important things in that we all know is like you can't get where you're going if you don't know where you're starting from. Yeah. So like if I say I'm in the United States and say I'm, you know, I'm not right now and neither are you, but say Mm -hmm. I'm there and I'm wanting to get to Chicago, okay, which is in the Midwest. I don't know why we call it the Midwest, but anyway, it's in the, it's (laughs) roughly in the middle of of the United States, more Mideast than Midwest. But anyway, well, say I'm there and, or I want to get there, but I don't know if I'm, 
I don't know if I'm in New York right now or I'm in LA, right? That's a huge problem, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, so you've got to know where you're starting and, and this exercise, you know, take your life pictures in the book is the easiest way. And I've never seen it anywhere else. And I, I really felt, um, it, it was just, it's such an exciting exercise for me to do with people because it's the simplicity of it, right. Yeah. Of saying like, this is where you are right now. So when I took that financial picture in my own life, finances to me were such a confusion, right? And they're purposefully designed that way. Like the industry purposefully designs mm -hmm. uh, the language around finances to be confusing for people, yeah. to be almost insurmountable. Yeah. And so when I did, took that picture and then I devised, okay, like, what's the next picture look like? You know, where's, what's that vision look like? What is my potential? Right. Cause I'm, you know, like the people in your audience, right. We're, we're all, we're all intelligent enough to figure this stuff out if we want to figure it out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a question of like, well, I just thought, well, okay, my potential is much greater and, and here's what my next picture looks like in that life. Right. Mm -hmm. In this life. And so, um, and then it becomes a question of, you know, mapping it out and allowing some of the very simple resources to come to you to help you start to understand that. So in my own life, you know, I started to just do research and find accessible ways into the world of finance, like ways that I could understand things like investing, ways that I could understand more about, you know, where to save, how to save, what, you know, what, what kind of yields are going to, are going to reap the greatest return, things like that. So it was just, again, but it was, it was a slow, it, it was a consistent, you know, putting that penny in every day, which is also something that I think is really powerful that I talk about in the book. You know, it's the idea of compound interest applied, not just to things like saving and money, but in every area of your life, you know, what it looks like when you put those growth practices in place and you mm. take consistent action uh, against them yeah. you know, for that. Yeah. 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 And another top topic that I really loved in the book was, um, there was a point where you were saying that we need to kind of, um, you were talking about you turning your data off and being mm -hmm. present. So basically your, your family could reach you, they could call you, but the disruption with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and all that. So you shut that out and you mm -hmm. wanted to focus on what you were doing. I find that it's so difficult these days to actually even, there was a point where you also said something about, you know, just taking a time out and just doing nothing you know i find yeah. that why why is it why is it so difficult to sit and not do anything given the fact that that stillness and that calmness is where we derive the intuition to be creative to achieve our goals so why are we so what i call it obstructed with being a, mm -hmm. able to con connect with our center mm, gee that isn't Awesome question. I love the fact that you're asking it. So there are a few reasons and I'll highlight a couple. One is um, if you look at technology specifically, technology is all based on gamification, right? Yeah. So if you look at something like Facebook, like Instagram, like Twitter, right? Like it, the things that they devised to keep you sort of addicted to them, right? Mm -hmm. The little red dot, <laughs> you know, that you can't help but check yeah. uh, the p the ping, you know, that you really want. So, um, all of those things are fine, but when you become an entrepreneur, especially, um, it's, it's becomes your responsibility to decide when you want to invite that distraction in mm -hmm. rather than letting that distraction decide for you. Yeah. So again, one of the big reasons is something called gamification, right? Which is what all technology is based on. Mm -hmm. Another huge reason why it's so difficult for people to do this is, um, you know, we're exposed. If you, if you look at, I just, this is even a statistic from many years ago, just in, uh, for the United States, but they were talking about, um, 
in the United States alone, people were exposed to something like 3,000 advertisements per day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all of those advertisements essentially are saying you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not you're not enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so and so people then they get in this place of like searching, right? They're searching, searching, searching. So um and the, you know, they keep being told that their answers are outside, right? But there's there's a line on the back of my book it says you are the answer you are seeking. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there's nothing else actually that people get from from listening to, to this podcast today, if they get that piece, even start to get an inkling of what that means and start to, you know, decide, you know, again, as we just talked about a moment ago, decide when you want to invite those distractions in, you know, and it's difficult at first, but one, one of the things that I would suggest is just in, take it piecemeal. You know, you don't have to like, you know, spend the entire day and say, okay, I'm going completely offline. I mean, that's great if you want to do that. But if you just start by putting your priorities first, right? Because the way everything's designed, and this is another reason why it's so difficult for people, is that everything is designed in a way that other people's priorities come before yours. So like if if you look at something like email, for instance, I believe it was Brennan Burchard who called email a nice organizing mechanism for other people's priorities, right? Mm -hmm. So you go in there and most people don't go in there strategically. So they're not thinking about who they need to follow up with, who they want to talk to. They just go in and and they just line by line, they go through the emails and they're just, you know, responding, right? And it's, again, that is the dimension of distraction that as an entrepreneur, you really want to keep yourself out of as much as you can. Now that doesn't mean that you're not ever going to spend time there. Of course you are. You need to as an entrepreneur, but you set those limits. You set those boundaries. You decide, you know, even just the simple act of saying today, I'm going to start my day with my most important priorities that are not urgent, but just really important. Like for instance, say some of the entrepreneurs in your audience are wanting to write a book and they just commit every day to spend the first half hour of their day writing you know, or pulling together the material that they already have out there, mm-hmm. they're going to see profound results from that at the end of a few, even just a few months. Yeah. Uh, they'll start seeing the effects of putting their priorities first. So, yeah. I love it. I love that answer. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you. Because I actually, what, what I tend to do is I, I block out a lot of things up until the evening. And that's mm-hmm. the only way my laptop lets me see my email or facebook because every every day in the morning i just shut off all those things and then i can't get into it until when it unlocks in the evening then i can check everything so super smart (laughs) (laughs) so when it comes to like because in as much as you want to change and change starts from within you know we can't actually change in a vacuum you have to have people around us to help us you know so i know you have your husband you have your kid you have just one child or two i forget one daughter one One daughter daughter. yes exactly yeah so um how can we you know build out you know the people around us the team because you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with so how can we put together those five people that a are either where we want to go to or b are looking to go forward in life and not bogged down by the distractions of things around them so how can we start Mm -hmm. assembling that team well the easiest way to do this if you don't already have people in your life that are that support mechanism for yourself is to remember that in today's day you can connect with anyone you want 
Mm. Um, you know, we can connect virtually with anyone we want. And that is such power, right? Because as um, Anthony Robbins put it, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking just about, you know, financial success or, um, you know, career wise uh, promotions or things like that. I'm talking about, you know, true success and, and true wealth and people who are, are authentically leading from that place. You can connect with them in so many ways now that we did not have the possibility to do, you know, just a couple of decades ago. Yeah. So, you know, more and more people are putting work out there that's of substantial value and that is free and that is online. You know, you're doing that with your podcast, for example. Mm -hmm. So people can connect in, they can they can get that they can get that inspiration they can get that kick that maybe they're not currently getting in their own life the power of spending the majority of your time with um these people whether it's you know virtually or in person is that the rest of what surrounds you then starts to gradually change and shift and mm. and grow with you. So this isn't about, you know, uh, abandoning your friends. You know, this isn't about abandoning the people closest to you. It's about, again, as a, especially as an entrepreneur, de deciding where you're going to spend the majority of your time. Again, if you're fortunate enough to have the support mechanisms in place in your, you know, in your life, um, in your physical reality, that's, that's fantastic. At least even, you know, one or two people and then building the rest of your support virtually with people who truly inspire you, motivate you to be a better version of yourself every day. That's something that everyone can do. Great, great. And uh, I want to jump into one of the articles you wrote, which I really, really like, is that um, you said something about replacing worry with wonder. Now, now, what do you mean by that? Because, yes, you know, we've spoken about abundance. We all know that, you know, we can't actually affect our worries. And yet we all still worry. We're worried about are we going to be successful in the future? Worried about uh, money in the bank account. We're worried about how we look. You know, like you said, the media bombards us with so many things to keep us insecure. So we keep buying mm -hmm. products and spending money on them. So how, how can we start shifting away from the worry to the wonder? Mm. Well, one of the most powerful ways is, and it's going to sound, it's going to sound maybe too simple, but as Da Vinci put it, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, right? So one of the most powerful ways that you can do that is to what I, I call stop, drop and breathe. You know, when I was growing up, they had uh, fire drills in school and they would yeah. say stop, drop and roll. Yeah. Um, and, and my motto is stop, drop and breathe. So literally what I mean by that is stop whatever it is. You know, when if you're if you recognize that you're in a state of worry and we can talk a little bit more about how that might arise if you want going into kind of more of the neuroscience part of things. But if you if you're able to recognize that or say, you know, you're you're in a moment where you're just fretting over something that's going on. If you can just stop, put down you know, drop, put down whatever it is that you, and if you're, if you're not even physically focusing on it, that's okay. Just, just step away from wherever it is that you are, that you found yourself in that whirl of, of, um, frenzy and then go outside and just begin to breathe deeply, even just a few deep breaths. And that state of wonder is so much easier to access when we're connecting deeply to our breath, right? In mm -hmm. spirito, inspired, like allowing that inspiration 
to come through. And especially when we're in some sort of natural setting where we can see the miracles, you know, all around us. Like one of the things I do every morning, um, and is I go on a walk and it's pretty much the same walk that I take uh, every day. Sometimes I'll vary it a little bit, but I like to just walk through and just see the abundance of nature and just marvel at it. Mm. Um, for that time that, you know, that I'm, that I'm doing that. And it's, and it sets me up in a way that the rest of my day, I'm sort of just like looking for that sense of wonder. The other thing that really has helped me personally, and it's going to sound scary to most people is that I stopped planning in the same kind of way that I always did. Um, and what I mean by that is I used to, as a business owner, and especially what also when I was in the corporate world, I had these really you know, extensive plans and ideas about you know, everything, that mm-hmm. you know, what I was going to do, how I was going to get there, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that led to me feeling really miserably successful. Um, and what I have started, what I've done more and more actually as the years have gone by and even more so this past year, um, is I've just started almost, I call it like handling it, handing it over to God really, because I just, I, I do have, I do have dreams. I do have things that I want to realize and that I want to come into, to make manifest. And I, sort of like I put it down, but not in such a detailed way so that I can hand it over to God. So I can hand it over to the universe and I can just say, um, lead me where I am supposed to go, mm-hmm. you know? So like, for instance, one of the dreams that I had was the, putting this book out there, but I had no idea how I was going to do that when I set that, that dream down. And I, I used this really simple, um, planning template that is also available on my website, but I call it the map. Um, which is just your mass, I call it your master action plan, but mm. it's so, so simple because I, and when I first did it, I put it on a piece of cardboard and I literally just wrote lines, uh, to make 12 boxes in this piece of cardboard. And I put the months and it was astounding actually. There were, and I just put one or, you know, one to three things in every month that were dreams of mine for that month. And it's, I can't tell you, I can't, there's no explanation that I have, no logical explanation mm-hmm. um, that can explain away how those dreams came into being. I really can only just say that I handed it over. Like I wrote it down and I sort of handed it over. And then of course I showed up every day. Like yeah. I, I showed up to write, I showed up to do the things that needed to be done to get the book out. But I didn't, I didn't force it. I didn't, I didn't strive toward it. I, I just, I showed up, I did my best and I had an, I had a dream and, and, um, and I also handed that over. Like I sort of almost released any kind of attachment to it, if that makes sense. Yes. No, that totally makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that's what's common with a lot of high achievers out there is that basically they, they kind of write their intentions or their goals, dreams, aspirations, and they just put it out there. They put it somewhere where they can see. I believe it's, um, uh, I forget his name, Bob Proctor. In one of his programs that I listened to, he said something about, you know, write your top three or your top five goals, put it in a card, and then read that every day. You know, mm-hmm. that somehow just the intention or the action of reading your goals every day will will kind of spur your mind and your cells into action. So before you know it, you start, working in congruence with what you have out there and then you start attracting the things that will help you achieve that goal yeah well and the quiet the other thing that i'd say about that or two things is that the quieter your mind the easier the thing it is for things to come to you 
So the piece that we were talking about earlier of really just, you know, you deciding, Mm -hmm. you know, you deciding when the distractions are going to come in is hyper important. Because for instance, with, and this is the other thing I was going to mention with my map, like I, I did, I wrote it out. Um, I kept it on my desk for maybe a couple weeks, but then I put it away and, and, and I went back to it afterwards. And that's why I said, you know, I was really astounded because there were things that, for instance, you know, weren't supposed to happen in the months that I'd written down, but they did end up happening in those months. You know, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was bizarre. Um, and I really think it, I remember, I think I heard this in Deepak Chopra's work years ago of like the idea that, you know, if you have a still body of water and you throw something into it, you'll see the ripples. But if you have, a, a tumultuous body of water, you could throw the Empire State Building in there and you won't you won't see the effect. So it's kind of like it takes longer for our vision to come to fruition mm-hmm. if our minds are so busy and distracted and constantly in that dimension of of demand or distraction. So that's another thing I'd add about that. I love it. Love it. And we could talk for hours on this subject yeah. because personal <laughs> development is one of my favorite topics to talk about. But uh, as we start to wind down the show, Courtney, I just have one or two questions for you. And looking back on your entrepreneurial journey thus far, is there anything you think you would have changed if you could go back in time to change it? Mm, uh, I, I wouldn't change anything because, uh, also all of the fail, you know, times I failed or things that I, um, you know, may surface wise feel some regret about. They were all really key lessons mm. for me, a uh, really important of my parts of my own life journey. Like I remember when I started out early as an entrepreneur and I really, I wanted to take everything on and I did. And the result was that I was just all over the place and it was really messy. And I um, had to take a step back and I had to refocus and I had to learn. And and through that process, I learned so much about focusing and I learned so much about the import of having the right people on my team. And I learned so much about, you know, how much I, you know, could feasibly take on at any given period of time, et cetera. And, and those lessons really served me now, but they were painful, you know, they were painful. So it's like any kind of thing that we say, Oh, I wish I didn't have to go through that. But if you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Makes sense. And, um, who are some of your mentors, the people you look up to, people you learn from people who inspire you to be a better person, better businesswoman, better entrepreneur. Mm, I have so many, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm constant, I'm a voracious reader. I, I love uh, listening to what other leaders are doing. I love learning. I heard, um, I was even watching, uh, um, uh, an interview yesterday with this young woman, but I can't remember her name right now as she's an entrepreneur as well. And she said, um, something like, uh, I think she said, stop hating, start studying. And she was talking about, you know, people sort of looking at what other people are doing and and falling into the the sin of comparison. Yeah. And she's and she was saying just, you know, stop hating and start studying. You know, look at what they're doing. And I've been very fortunate in my life that I've always had that studying mindset. You know, I've always wanted to when I've seen things that worked, I wanted to know how they worked. Yeah. And that you know, it could be in all sorts of different areas, but I wanted to know and I wanted to get to the heart of it. And I wanted to see like I said, you know, that quote earlier earlier from Anthony Robbins of success leaves clues. It certainly does. And if you're paying attention and you are listening to 
whoever, like if there's someone out there who inspires you and you can just um, say, wait, I'm going to stop. I'm going to listen to what this person has to say because I'm feeling inspired. Why? Because they're reconnecting you to what's most important, Yeah. you know, for, for you. So not because they're doing whatever, but because something that they're doing is sparking that same that same kind of inspiration in you. And so if you can pay attention in those moments, um, that's a really powerful way for, you know, to help in your growth because it's not that they're going to be teaching you anything, right? Like they can't tell you anything you don't already know deep mm -hmm. within you, but they can remind you of those things. And so I have loads of people in my life who remind me of um, what's most important to me. And uh, gosh, I mean, I could, I could literally stay here for two hours listing people <laughs> that I, at least minimally, you know, people whose work I study. Um, but I think it's important that people think about who that is for them. You know, who, who out there is, is sparking, is sparking your, um, you know, your inspiration. Okay. Um, I, my last question, I, I want to cheat and add one more. So my, <laughs> my last question is, um, what is one action you've done that has helped you to see rapid growth in your business that you can share with the audience out there? One action that I've done. I would say the most important thing um, that I've done is that I have really paid attention to relationships okay. and over delivering everywhere. So um, as much as possible, I try to over deliver and I, I really want to connect to what, what this person's, you know, person or organization's needs are and really see like, how can I consistently over deliver? How can I bring, you know, be more of service? Um, and that kind of mindset and approach to business has been what, you know, I, I'm, constantly astounded by the companies or the individuals who contact me because, you know, I live most of the year in a tiny, you know, mountain town in the middle, you know, in the north of Italy. Um, and I'm, you know, constantly amazed by people calling, but they're calling because someone else said, you know, they needed to work with me. They have this strategic area of their business that they want to improve. And mm -hmm. so it's just like, it's so powerful um, what, you know, the impressions you make and keep with people and building like true friendships and yeah. relationships that are built on trust and, and liking one another and, and, you know, that sense of, you know, that, you know, someone. So that, you know, the relationships piece has been the most important part of my business and just making sure that that stays you know central to what I do. Great. And I'll make sure I put a double note on that. In the show notes that as entrepreneurs we need to build those relationships i know many people want to sit down work hard in their cubicle or in their cave somewhere but you need to go out and interact with people and just build those bonds of friendship and relationship so with that said courtney we've reached the end of the show i really want to thank you for coming on to share your story and your words of wisdom so where can people connect with you and um, get the book well thank you chi uh, people can connect with me at www courtinc.com so that's c-o-r-t-i-n-c.com 
Um, there's also CourtneyMcDermott.com, but my name has no U. So just if you want to use that URL, it's uh, CourtneyNoYouMcDermott.com. And the book is available pretty much anywhere online and in some select brick and mortar. So, you know, if you're looking on Amazon or Kindle or iTunes, you can find it there. Um, and I would love to connect with anyone through my website. There's, um, you can submit contact information and just let us know what your request is and, and somebody will be back you know, in touch with you within 24 hours. And, and oft, oftentimes I want to see those requests that so might even be me personally. So okay. people can connect with me there. Great. And I'll make a note of all that and share it with everyone. So thanks Courtney for coming on the program. I really appreciate you coming to spend this, this hour with us. Thank you, Chi. I really appreciate it as well. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and week and everything else. You too. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com.